finally some wins to talk about and not just wins, but wins to move on to the second round of the CONCACAF Champions League. You're tuned in to the Union Soccer Podcast on the Union Soccer Blog Substack.com. My name is John Jansen. You can follow me at jjansen34. And joining me is Joe Tanzi. You can follow at jtanzi90, the star of the program, the well, the star of the Union Soccer Blog. Joe, CONCACAF Champions League, still wild. Not as wild as the first leg, but still uh, wild in a few ways, but also some good performances to talk about from there. I'll tell you what, John, last night had the chance to be completely bonkers. <laughs> like I'm, I'm sitting here at like 4 p.m. yesterday, and I'm going over all of the, all the things that are in play here. You have 20 degree, or sorry, 20 mile per hour winds, 30 degree temps. You have a game oh. that is not available for everyone to watch. Yeah, I used um, Box Sports Plus or whatever. I used the the website, and apparently there was like a free trial I was using, or it was like a forty five trial. Yeah, so um, I watched enough to where I saw the second goal. I was like, okay, that's all I need, and then it went out. <laughs> um, let's see what else was in play there uh, last night. Uh, the lane closures on nine and five. They were talking about um, backup goalkeeper. Just in general, being Concacaf Champions League, I, I was I was driving down to the stadium last night, thinking, "Oh boy, we're in for for some nonsense." And on top of that, look, I don't blame anybody for staying home last night. It felt like it felt like an open. It time. was cold, man. Yeah, it was I don't cold, blame and the wind was howling. No way, no way. Especially especially after dealing with Saturday and being cold as well. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, cr- first of all, credit to the people who, who did show up, um, and for both games or just for one game, whatever. But I, I, no shame whatsoever in not showing up for that game last night. Um, I think there was also maybe a sense of the Union got it um, against Alianza at home on a zero-zero aggregate. I think that the circumstances were different. Um, you might have seen a, a bigger. Um, a bigger turnout, but yeah, I mean, it felt very open cuppy for <laughs> for a little bit open there. Cuppy, <laughs> yeah, that just sounded funny. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why that sounded so funny, but it did. Uh, that's the new, that's the new adjective I just made up. <laughs> felt open cuppy. Um, yeah. So first, let's start off with this though. Before the game even started, obviously on Saturday, the union. Had a game against Inter Miami. No, not Inter Miami. Uh, Chicago. Excuse me. Gosh, mm-hmm. my games are just blending together. Chicago and things were somewhat going well. Not really. It was kind of a bad game, terrible game. And then Andre Blake gets hurt. So I'll start off with this. Andre Blake did not play against um, against Alianza in the Concacaf mm-hmm. Champions League game. What is kind of the latest with Andre Blake? What what is that timetable? I know Jim Curtin gave a timetable of optimistically two weeks, then he's like, it could be four or six or eight. I'm like, okay, well, that was a long range. So is this a two to eight week injury that we're looking at? We didn't get a timetable last night. I forgot to ask Jim Curtin about that. That's on me <laughs> and that's everyone on everyone. Wow. You, you also in CONCACAF Champions League mode. Look at you. Um. Well, here, so here's, 
here's how that all played out. So we did the, the CONCACAF run press conference on Monday. Jim said, oh, you know, it was – everything was still structurally intact with the groin. Um, and he said, you know, groins are, are tricky, could be four, could be eight, could be whatever. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I saw. That was, that's the quote I saw. I'm like, he's like, oh, it could be the standard two weeks or yeah. four or eight. I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> we're escalating here. What the hell's going on? So that that was that was him more talking about groin injuries yes. in general, yep. not yep. about Andre. Um, yeah, he seemed know, pretty optimistic from the quote. That it could just be the normal it, like two weeks, but obviously, who knows? Who knows? It sounds is. like it's a it's a grade one strain from Jonathan Tannenwald's report. We did not get a timeline. Um, yep. that's that's bad on us. We'll ask on Thursday in the press conference. Um, Dude, it's Champions lot, League, and it was a forty lot, mile an hour winds <laughs> in the middle of March in a cold hand, day. Hand, <laughs> I think hand, you guys are fine. <laughs> hand up. That's bad reporting on our end. We didn't ask in the press conference the exact timetable because a lot was going on last night. Um, I'll take full responsibility for everyone not asking that. Would um, Jim have even given anything? Yes, he would. Yeah, he would. He would have? Okay. Yeah. Um, he would have given timetable if he had it, if he was asked. So, yeah, we'll we'll for sure get that on Thursday with the, the pre-match press conference for Montreal. But it it's not as, as bad as it looked from what it sounds like. Yeah, because um, it did. You're right. Because I remember you were tweeting about it, too, and, like, initially – it looked bad, and it looked really the fact bad. that he made that save is like the most Andre Blake thing to happen during all of that. <laughs> like he just made this incredible save after like, pulling his groin, but it was great. But like going through it, so first of all, it, it looked like he got hurt on. It was like a catch he made that he had to stretch for. Want to say like the fifteenth or twentieth minute, and the ball and the kick didn't help. It looked like. Well, the ball shot out. Yeah. of his hands on the catch. And he was down for a little bit, got up, he was fine. And then um, he makes that, that goal kick and immediately, yep. immediately, yeah. you could tell it went. And I mean, I, I was watching him the entire time. I'm like, he's hobbling, like he, he like, go down. Like, <laughs> instead of going down, he, he hobbled. He literally took 30 seconds for him to get from the, the right side of, of the field to the net. And for him to make that save before going off was incredible. Like, yeah, it was absolutely incredible. It was another, like, superhuman thing from Andre Blake. And it was that yeah. was not easy at all. That was a tough save. It was amazing. Yeah, it it was, and looking back on it, it was a huge moment in the game. Now, now we don't know that in the moment, but like if you're the if you're the union, and you lose your starting goalkeeper, your heart and soul of the team, and then and you've also been kind of I had to say struggling, but your last couple of games have not been your best. Even though I hate to say the Alianza one wasn't because you got a yeah. draw on the road, so like it was fine, but still. You hadn't scored anything, and you just lost in Miami the week before. Like, yeah, you know that was that was something that was kind of needed, and maybe a little bit of pressure on the union. And then if they had, um, if they conceded on that right. play, oh yeah, like it, oh, it would have yeah. been it would have been really damaging. Um, yeah, that that would have really, really uh, been an issue for the union, especially in that game, because ooh, um, that was an ugly game. 
It was. Now, with that being said, there's a reason why Joaquin Torres was acquired for that specific reason. And it also kind of coincided with, or or was the reason why he started last night. And now the approach was different because Allianz actually came out and and played, which was uh, kind of surprising to me. But for Chicago, once they go down to the, uh, 10 men with Herbert getting set off. They go two banks to four. And Jim Curtin said this on, on Saturday night. The reason why the change was made for Torres for Ua is because Ua is so good at making those runs behind the center backs in open play. But when the lines are so condensed and they're defending and doing nothing else, those runs don't make any sense to make because there's very little space. So he brings in Torres and to do all the, the little things on the ball. And Torres noted after the game that the defenders were, I guess, backing up a little bit when he was in the ball. So he saw that on a play prior to the, the goal he scored. And then he took a shot in the 90th minute. Look, it got deflected a little bit off the defender. Uh, his, his foot went up a little bit. Make those um, chances, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, no uh, matter and, where it deflects off of, who it deflects off of, you yep. make those chances for sure. And, and Chris Brady should have done a better job in goal with that. Um, but it went in. And that's really all that matters to the union. But you're right. It, it It's one of those things where put those shots on target. Test them just to see what happens, which I thought they should have done a little more um, in the Allianz game on the bad field because – right. Oh, it, because any right, anything can yeah, happen. Anything on that field. Could happen. be a weird bounce on that field. Absolutely. Yep. So, Lucky Torres rescues three points. Everything's fine. Um, look, game three, game four. If the attack is not clicking completely, it's okay. There's so many. There's so many more games for this to happen. But yeah, and I wrote about um, ahead of the Alianza game. It's just I. I think it's more of a cohesion thing. At this point, I really do. I, I think it's the ideas are there. Who was making the runs? Carranza and Gazdag are combining. They're doing everything that they usually do on the right side of the field. But what's missing is maybe a a bit of selfishness. Maybe they're being. A little too unselfish. Aggressiveness, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like now thinking of it in this moment, it's something that happened last year as well. Where I can't remember the exact stretch of games, but it happened last year where they were being a, a little too unselfish in front of goal and then everything just kind of clicked. Um so yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see how that develops, but um the thing that concerns me is going into – well, the stats won't change because these are stats in league play. But they're seventh in shots in MLS, and they, they're tied for fifth in goals. So it's kind of – yes, we can criticize, but they've they've scored some goals at, at home. They have, um, and that's what you want. But they're in the bottom third in shots on target and shot accuracy percentage. And 
if that trend continues, it becomes maybe a little more concerning. We'll see how things start playing out. But right, it's, uh, it's it, not it, too it, concerning in March. <laughs> no, but it is. It is worth noting yes. and worth writing about because Jim kind of did go into detail about um, maybe putting too much expectation on themselves and and all this. And look, they're not going to score six, seven goals. But I feel like at least the responses I got from everyone is they understand that the fan base understands that, but what they kind of want is the, the in-between of we're not going to score six or seven goals, but we don't want to be shut out. And oh, we yeah, don't want, right. and we don't want to be scraping for a game winner in the 90th minute. Like that in-between of scoring like two or three and looking like a really cohesive attack. I think everyone in the fan base would take that. We were just very spoiled from last year when they just went on this tremendous run. So I, I think going through the last 48 hours and, you know, reading Jim's comments, but then reading the fans' comments, it feels like there's that understanding of six, seven goals aren't happening every game. If they do, that's great. But I think there's that, that understanding. And I think they're going to have what, one of those months still. I think they're going to have something sure. similar to that. I think it could happen. They, they very well could. Um, and a lot and of look, that comes down to because not just the fact that Gazdag, uh, Carranza, and Uwe are great. We're starting to see there is depth there. Like Torres has stepped up, and we'll talk yeah. about more of the depth. Uh, but the Alianza game, uh, Perea stepped up, Damien Lowe stepped up. Like this is this is a well-rounded team. It's the so deepest it doesn't team have the have just, had. It doesn't have to just be Uwe, Carranza, and Gazdag every single game that have to get it done. Correct. It, it, it is by far the deepest team they've ever had. And look, this is something that. They've, they've talked about so, so, so much, right? <laughs> this preseason and like we have all of this depth, depth, depth. And we're, we're, we're going to see it. We're going to see it. And we finally, we have finally seen it. And it's a wonderful thing, right? Because Joaquin Torres has made, made an impact. Damian Lowe was the best player on the field last night. Damian Lowe, my guy, man. In the last two Champions League games, he has been awesome. He has been very – and then, obviously, as you just yeah. said last night, he was the best player on the field. Well, that, that's why that's why you signed him. Look, he's a Jamaican international. He knows how to play in CONCACAF. Uh, he can play at the same level as Jack Elliott and Jacob Glesnes, and you saw that last night. He, he's really good. And, look, that, that set-piece goal was – just absolutely massive for them going into halftime because they were starting to really increase the offensive pressure. Um, they were killing Elianza on the right side. Like Nathan Harriel, uh, the way he was was bombing forward, um, eventually results in the second yellow uh, for the Elianza player uh, because of the run he makes timing-wise with, with Martinez off that, that long pass and you know the connection he has with, with Bedoya and Torres on that side worked really well um but they needed that they needed that set piece they needed that set piece goal going to halftime 1-0 it kills the morale on the Allianz side um and then you go you go hunting for more now by that point they probably should have had three yes i, th- I think that's fair to say um does var need glasses contact lenses does var need some help here or was hurt. it even not var what was happening with those offsides <laughs> Well, let's forget the offside, the, the blown penalty call in the sixth minute. Yes, yes, that uh, let's, too. Let's start there. I mean, Jim Curtin was 
um, befuddled in the post-match press conference. There was another um, one, too. One I can't given. remember if it was um, before the end of the half or was the start. It was close to the half. But another one where Gazdag's in the box and gets completely shouldered from behind. No, that was – I know which one you're talking about. That was shoulder to shoulder. I, Are you I sh- saw, okay, okay. Because yeah. I, I was seeing I, – I, of course, was watching a lot of stuff, and I was working. So, yeah. like, I couldn't get – but I felt like, oh, man, like, he got shouldered again. Like, what are we doing here? But if he, I, if they just ran into each other, they ran into each other. That was in the second half. I know which player you're talking about because um, that was the other player they were really um, – um, really upset about getting a penalty. Um, yeah, to be at least from the view in the press box, it looked shoulder to shoulder to me. Yeah. Um, the more egregious miss is the, the one in the sixth minute where, look, he got taken down in the box. There's, there's contact by the goalkeeper to Gazdag's legs. Like, that is by any definition of the law a penalty. It doesn't get called. And then we run into you know this whole circus with with a ton of yellow cards being handed out and um the the offside goal. <laughs> it it was just, it was odd from the jump, man. It was just an oddly called Concacaf. Yes, that's what I think. Right, it just felt like Concacaf. Also, I got I got the warning from one of the union staffers uh, on the way into the building last night that the referee. Oh boy! Has a very high volume of yellow cards in his career, <laughs> so that. So you already knew. You're like, okay, this is how it's gonna go. This is what oh, we're yeah, gonna do. It's gonna it's, be uh, yeah. cold weather, high winds, and a bunch of yellow cards. Lovely. This is gonna yeah. make for great soccer. <laughs> it's a Concacaf game. You know, there's all sorts of factors <laughs> involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you're gonna be mad about one call, be mad about that. That the, one. No, that one. The early PK shout. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I do want to mention as well, because Perea was great. Damian Lowe mm-hmm. was great. I got to say, though, Uwa, look, I, I know we want him to score all these goals and stuff, but to see him stretch the field like that and then make that amazing pass like that, that to me is the kind of playmaking ability from Uwa that, you know, it doesn't have to result in him scoring a goal, but can he stretch the field and can he create a play like that? And also, I think that was McGlynn uh, that made that kick down the field to him and that Perea goal to make it for nothing, but Man, that that's just awesome to see and to see Preya have that kind of connection. But man, that was a hell of a ball for Mua. So you want different guys to score, right? I yeah. mean, it can't yeah. it can't just be the big three the entire season. Um, but that's what you want out of Ua. And I think it shows I guess the people who judge goals and assists, and that's it out of your strikers, which is fine. Like, by all means, like if that's the way the metric you want to use to define your strikers, I get it because that is their that is their primary right. job. Yeah, to score create goals. goals. <laughs> yeah, create to either goals, yeah. either score or create goals. But he did that last night. Credit to him coming off the bench and the pass he hits to Perea on that third goal. I mean, he's fallen down too. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and it ends up now could it have been dealt with better in the box by Alianza's defenders? Sure, but that's the product of him. Underrated part of it. Out. It looks like Donovan plays like a little bit of a, a fake there, a little bit mm-hmm. of a decoy. It's really but cool. It, it's a credit to Ua for stretching the defense. Yes, absolutely. And dragging people with him. And then the right side was just wide open all night. <laughs> all night. Um, and Perea, both goals, he's just in wide open space and, and scores. And you know, that's that's what you want. You want these guys to, to finish off games as well. Not just to 
you know, the goal of those subs in with the 64, 65th minute were to do was to hold on to the lead and make sure nothing crazy happens. Well, on top of that, they added two goals. I mean, you can't ask for a better, you can't ask for a better performance in those circumstances. With the wind, all of that, like Joe Bendick made one save and it was very light. Um, I mean, the depth really showed last night. I mean, I don't know if I didn't watch McGlynn too closely, um, but he, he popped up occasionally. Uh, but made, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, plays. that was his ball that he gave. Away. Yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm talking about him as like a whole. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only play I remember from him. Yeah, like if you look at the guys that came in, Lowe was obvious was man of the match was fantastic. I, I want to point out because I, I was I was fascinated by this in the press box. It was about the somewhere middle of the second half, and a ball is being played forward, and he's really tight 1v1 with the defender close to the, the benches. And instead of going for a challenge, what he does is he peels off the forward's run. He peels off to go into the, the perfect position to stop that run from happening. It was just like, it was ideal center back play. He read the, the situation so perfectly where he, he peels off this run and, and gets himself at an angle where he just, he shuts down, uh, in a potential counterattack. Like, it was just little things like that all night that Damian Lowe w- was doing right. But it's also weird to see number 17 on the defender because there were a few times last night where I thought that was Sergio Santos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to get you, my, my brain's going to get used to that. Yeah. But <laughs> it's a good call. I'd never even thought of that. But Damian Lowe was great. Um, Torres, like, that was the perfect situation for Torres. Pre-match, I think Jim Curtin thought Alianza was going to bunker, and they didn't, which is credit to Alianza for actually pushing the game forward and trying to create some chances. But some of the one-two play that Torres and Bedoya and and the other attackers were playing last night was it was just so fun to watch, and it was nice to see the Union having that option in the middle of the field. So, uh, you know, he had a, a pretty solid game. Uh, who else came in? McGlynn came in. I thought it was more average uh, than others. Um, it just because other other players stood out more. And then Harriel was, you know, he had a big impact on the right. You know, ends up drawing that second yellow card um, and forced a few corners on his own with his play on the right. So um, you look at this depth and and then you could bring your starting striker off the bench. In Ua, he can, you know, do what he did on that that first Perea goal. Perea can come off the bench, score those goals, and you you have Bueno who came in and um, ends up being your defensive linchpin there, and, and he's got to play. Um, he's probably going to play against Orlando in two weeks because Martinez is away uh, with the Venezuelan national team game during an international window. Can't wait to hear everyone complain about that um, <laughs> as, as we should, as we should um, you have that. And then look, Quinn Sullivan came on and, you know, he didn't have that much of a time on the field, but he came in and, and he was a little bit of a, a handful. So look, this is the deepest team they've had. We're starting to see it. And I think we're a little bit amazed by 
they let us have these players. <laughs> like, I feel like that's going to be the, the sentiment is like, they let the Man, union. You sounded like you sounded for... like the Eagles last year. Like, wow, <laughs> yeah, right? they got AJ Brown. I mean, obviously not like you didn't get an AJ Brown type, but like you let him get that guy. Like, really? You just let him? Yeah, let him have him. Didn't didn't put up a fight. Didn't go. Hey, maybe we should stop letting him have that guy. And they just let him have him. All like, of them. Damian Lowe, Andres Perea, and Joaquin Torres start in all of the other MLS teams. Like there are very few MLS lines they they don't get into. Right. Yeah. Damian Lowe to me has been impressive. I have he has stood out to me. Maybe because he's just taller than everybody else on Alianza, <laughs> so he stands out. But uh, in more of a not literal sense, he just man he played really well. Uh, and to even to even come up with scoring chances like that, and yeah. he's been awesome. So it's been great because obviously we've been we've been talking about Torres a lot. Uh, and Perea, and we, you know, we need goal scorer guys, but man, Lowe is Lowe has been the one that stood out to me off the bench. He's been awesome. Yeah, he has been phenomenal. And look, that is something that they want. They want three starting caliber center backs, and eventually they're going to bring Brandon Craig into the mix as well. So you're going to have hopefully four. Uh, again, it speaks to this this depth. They've wanted it. They they feel like it was their their shortcoming over the last few years when they've had this success, and the goal is not to have any drop off. And now when you go into this Montreal game on Saturday, you can kind of pick and choose which players you want to start. It's a it's a road game. It's on turf. Um, it could could be ugly, but do you, do you go for the win? because of you got to rest some of your guys in the second half? Or do you let the depth guys start because they've earned it and see what they can do? I think it's now – you know, we, we sat here three weeks ago and said this should be the game they punt on. Well, maybe not. Maybe this is a game you go and, and win and get three points from because this of – It's kind of depth. These guys I mean, you're, you're not yeah. really punting on anything now. Right, exactly. So – one thing, obviously, so the union, as you just mentioned, of Montreal coming up, uh, it's sort of light for the rest of March, just no no midweek games, so two Saturday games. Are really, um, they're pretty much Saturday games, not a lot of uh, double games coming up. Obviously, we got to wait for uh, – when does the second round of the CONCACAF Champions League start? It is the first week of April. They play Atlas um, from the GMX, who was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> they ended up yep. coming back. Um, from a 4-1 deficit against Olympia and made that back. And, and uh, the, the goal, the third goal they scored, I, I literally turned the TV on like 10 seconds before that. <laughs> it's like it's like a thunder strike off the left post. I think it was the same guy who runs into the box and, and gets the rebound and, and scores. Um, they haven't had the best of seasons in Mexico, so this is kind of their, their go for it in um, – in Champions League, first leg will be in Chester. Second leg will be in in Guadalajara. So it's you got to make the most of that of that situation. Yep. So at least for March here, you know, a couple games like Orlando City could be a a game, but the thing is, it's home in Philadelphia mm-hmm. at Subaru Park. So 
Uh, they got some time here to kind of figure things out, but it seems like a pretty good time. Look, if, if Andre Blake is ever going to be out and they're going to miss him, uh, this seems to be a, a good time for him to rest. And, and Bendick could do, look, he, he can get the job done in these next couple weeks. But that's kind of my question to you is, um, what should be the expectation with uh, Bendick and goal? And uh, again, we got to figure out how long Andre Blake is going to be out. But it seems like at least for the next few weeks, you know, they could definitely survive with Bendick. Yeah, so I feel like the the goal right now is try and get six points from these two games. I mean, the way they're playing, why not? So it is important to note that so the, the international window is next week. And MLS is just trudging right on through it because it has to. Because <laughs> uh, there, there's so many, so many match windows. Um, so what we do know is Jose Martinez has been called up by Venezuela. Um, Daniel Gazdag has been called up by Hungary, and I would assume Damian Lowe is going to be called up by Jamaica. Those Ooh, are the th- nice. Yeah, he's a regular there, so. Those are the three. Jamaica's not official yet, but um, they asked Damian Lowe in, in the mix zone last night if if that was happening. It sounded like it. He said yes, but he said he's like, yeah, I'm all I'm, I'm available available for selection. He hasn't heard yet, but um, I would assume he he's in that mix. Um, and Andre would have been as well if he was healthy. So you're at least losing three. I don't foresee Andres Perea getting a U.S. call-up. Um, Gleznes and Ua have kind of been on the fringe of their national teams. And I think that's it. Because Bueno didn't get called up with Martinez. And I'm trying to go through the, the 11 just off the top of my head. And, and <laughs> I, d- I don't know. I don't know if any of the, if any of the U-20s get a, a call-up. Because it's it's a nations league game, nation league, nation leagues games for the U.S. against Granada and El Salvador. So I don't know if if McGlynn and Sullivan get promoted uh, to that group. But you're going to have a few absences for the Orlando game at home. But this is where your depth comes in. Yep. Elliot and Elliot and Glesnes would start that game in the back. Um, you give the, I guess you give it to Bueno at the six because he's been impressive in preseason and in the Alianza road game, you could also move Leon flock back there. If you want to experiment with, with your midfield and then Torres would come in for Gazdag and you would just have probably increased minutes for, for Quinn and, and Chris Donovan in that situation, looking forward to Orlando. But I, I think realistic expectation is four points for the rest of March. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, so. I think if, if they go and, and draw in Montreal, that is acceptable. Um, now, again, that reaction could change depending on how they how they perform on Saturday, and then you're expected to get three points at home against Orlando City, and then you move on. But I think that's the way to approach it going into it. If you get six, that's fantastic. If you just get three, it's okay. You're not going to win every road game in, in MLS. But if you win, say, five or six of them, you're in great shape. And I think that's what you 
you have to look at the the whole sum of the parts when, when you get to game 34 here. So, yeah, I think that's that's the way you look at it for the rest of the month. I mean, you're through in Champions League. You, you've won your two home games, and you lost one on the road. Can't and complain I, about that. Exactly. I really can't. If I, if I would have told you at the start of the season, you're going to beat Columbus, you're going to beat Chicago, you're going to lose to Miami, and be through to Champions League, you would have taken that. Now, the performances to get there, yeah, well, you you probably wouldn't have taken those. But to to take those results, you take them and you move on. Yeah, I'm I'm under that camp. I think there are more overwhelming positives than there are any negatives at this point. Whether Correct. you know we could complain, maybe not scoring enough. You know, uh, should we be concerned about the scoring output? But then you see guys like Torres getting involved, Perea getting involved, Damian Lowe getting involved. You know, all these guys off the bench. You know that that just says to me like, yeah, it doesn't have to be Kranza. Ua and Gazdag, there's not so much pressure on them to score all the time. And if they don't score, the union don't score. Like, yeah, the output, I mean, Gazdag got that penalty kick and uh, Ua was a part of one of those prayer goals. But look, their scoring output hasn't been great, barring that first game, the the home opener. But they don't have to. Like, in, in all of that, like, they still have won all these games and they've, you know, had success in CONCACAF Champions League and all of this stuff. So, like, even though Carranza, Ua, and Gazdag may have not done well in the past, like let's just say week and a half, two weeks, like doesn't matter because they're, they're great off the bench. So those guys don't have the pressure. They can get things going again at any point. And once it does happen, like then you have all these great goal scorers and a guy who was an MVP candidate last year in MLS. And then all this great bench depth. Like it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it just seems to me like, man, it's not the end of the world. If stuff like this happens, because again, we've talked about depth so often, but, they just have guys that I, I think they can rely on and guys that have stepped up and guys that will continue to step up. Yeah, and nothing is going to be perfect on March no, 15th. Never, never. And especially with, again, the, the amount of games that they're going to play. I think we talked correct. about this before. You know, it's it's not going to look pretty. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just what, what comes with the territory <clears throat> of winning a lot and being in so many games and being in games like Champions League games. It just comes with the territory, and the union just seems very, from what we've seen so far, they seem really equipped to handle it. They do, and I think that's the most important takeaway you can have from these first five games is they are equipped to deal with any situation in front of them. And if they can continue to look like that and then get sharper in attack and maybe get a little more contributions from midfield in in the scoring column, they're going to be fine. But the defense is there. That, I think that's the most important thing. And Jim Curtin has said this in a few press conferences. The defense is going to be there. It's the offense that's what's going to have to click um, going into uh, the rest of the season. And once the offense, offense comes, you know, this team is going to be playing at an, an incredibly high level again. I mean, there's one bad defensive performance out of five. And that was against Inter-Miami. And... I Miami ex- just hit a couple of really damn good goals. Yeah. And I, I can I can excuse that because Yeah, that to me is just like tip of the cap to them. Yeah. Like they just made a couple of great plays. That and I can excuse it because they went and got the the draw on the road in Champions League. Yep. Yeah. Like that's that's how I see it is had they laid an egg in Champions League, then I would have uh, I think I would have held it against them a little more for um for losing in Miami, but 
I, I, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, two weeks later and complain about that result because that's just, you know, it's part of the season and they're going to be fine. Oh, by the way, you know, Miami lost uh, Greg Gore for a little bit with a, with a Liz Frank injury. That's a, a big injury across MLS. So the inner Miami hype train that I was circling around might, uh, I might, I might back that off a little bit. <laughs> Already? Back it <laughs> yeah. off? What do you mean? They just had Already. they just had a momentum-shifting win against the Union. What are you talking about, Joe? Inter-Miami, like, it just changed the course of their entire franchise after they beat the Union. <laughs> Statement win, Joe. Statement win. They beat two of the three top finishers in the East last year. They beat Montreal. They used that as a statement win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, Joe. All right. Uh, I think it's time to wrap things up there. Um, I imagine we got through everything. And look, you need to making this easy for us, man. Maybe too easy. I don't know. I need a little controversy. Like, it felt like we we're about to get some, and we didn't, you know? They they come back from that yeah. Miami loss, and they get some good results. So, I guess then <laughs> that looks great. There's nothing to complain about. Um, but, Joe, what do you have coming up this week? I know after the Champions League game, we have a game coming up this weekend against Montreal. What do you have coming up on the Union Soccer Block? Yeah, so we'll have a, a little bit going into the Montreal game. Not a, a heavy, heavy workload. Um, we'll get an Andre Blake update as, as well on Thursday. My bad, guys. I'm sorry about that. That's bad reporter on me. Unbelievable, um, Joe. Yeah. For, we'll for shame. Again. We'll for never shame. Trust yeah, for shame. Um, for shame. As, the only, as the only reporter in the room last night, I didn't ask him Andre. Were you Blake really? For, no. Oh. No. No. <laughs> no. There, like like, like, there are 12 or 15 people in the room. Oh. It's okay. Um, so we'll get an update on that on Thursday, a timetable. Um, and then uh, kind of the, the normal, we're, we're in very high volume mode with March Madness at the Gambler. So uh, the, the written content may be a little light going into to Saturday. There'll be a match preview, but... Nothing super in-depth off of Champions League, mainly because good luck finding a rewatch. Um, but also, I think I was pretty straightforward when we're using this as our yeah. as our match recap and kind of analysis. Um, and we'll do that from time to time. It, there'll be more audio than than written off a game, um, especially probably midweek games. But yeah, nothing crazy coming up. We'll get an update from Jim on Andre Blake on, on timetable and um, we'll be plenty off the, uh, the Montreal game on Saturday. Yes, there will be. All right, that is it for the Union Soccer Podcast. Again, for all of that, go to the unionsoccerblog.substack.com. That is Joe Tanzi. Follow him at jtanzi90. You can follow me, John Jansen, at jjansen34. That is it for the Union Soccer Podcast. Stay tuned for more right here on the Union Soccer Blog.